Smoke is still, this morning, rising from the roof of the buildings at the corner of 3rd and Lansing downtown after that big, stubborn fire there Saturday night. The uh, blaze destroyed two businesses that have become the cornerstones for the development of the East Village District downtown. And that's where we're going to begin our Mondays with the Mayor Visit with Mayor G.T. Bynum. Good morning. Good morning. Firefighters tell us that the fire apparently started in Hodges Bend. Have you heard anything new from investigators about the cause? Um, I was told that it started at Lowood. I I Mm. could be wrong, but that it started around five o'clock on Saturday. And then because those two building, you know, it's one building with uh, both facilities in it and then apartments above that uh, it just spread through and because of the unique uh, architecture of the building, there were voids that the fire could get through that were really challenging for the firefighters to break through and extinguish. Um, And boy, they were out there uh, for hours and uh, seen some of the uh, the the techniques that our firefighters used, you know, climbing out on top of this building that's on fire, that's the roof is caved in, uh, the heroism they showed yeah. in trying to get that thing put out. It's pretty remarkable, but it is heartbreaking for those of us who love that spot hmm. and, and love the community that's developed there. It's really unique and unlike anything else you're going to find in Tulsa. My hope is uh, that we can rebuild. A little biased because through OK Foodie, I got to know Noah Bush and Ian Van Anglin and Trevor Tack. Now, Trevor's the executive chef there now at Lowood. And I, th- I think I was pretty accurate in, in introducing uh, this segment, Mayor, that uh, Hodges Bend was, they kind of broke ground there and turned the East Village into what it is today just by taking a gamble on that corner. Oh, there is no question. I mean, they planted the flag over there when there was really nothing else there but uh, old vacant buildings. And to see the way that area, it's grown kind of emanating out from Hodges Bend uh, over the years. Uh, You're exactly right. I mean, that's what has led to that area's growth. And again, like I I hear all the time from people who drive through this, like I can't can't believe this is in Tulsa. This feels like something totally unique in Tulsa, like you're not going to find anywhere else. Uh, And so it is. It's a really special spot. And I I don't want to lose sight of the apartments above. Uh, Martha and I, in fact, Friday night, were sitting at that corner table outside at Hodges Bend having dessert and coffee. And a couple came out of the business and our waiter greeted them on the sidewalk and said, you're going to love it here. And it, it turns out that they had just moved in. To the oh wow! Mm. Wow! Um, so it you know can't lose sight of that fact either that those folks are going to need homes and That's that whole exactly area. Right. I mean, Burn Co. burned down and nothing has happened to that building. I hope that yeah. doesn't happen here. Correct, and I I agree. I, I know uh, uh, Gabarina Chip Gabarina, who's been the big developer there, and uh, I know how passionate he is about that spot. My hope is again that. Uh, that they have the ability to rebuild. But you're exactly right. I've had a number of friends who've lived in those apartments over the years. And again, a super unique spot. There's only, you know, I, I have a hard time thinking of other places in Tulsa where you can live right above uh, this thriving restaurant scene with a theater right across the street. Uh, it's just a really unique spot. We're mm-hmm. speaking with Mayor G.T. Bynum, Mondays with the Mayor and KRMG. You made some news on 918 Day, didn't you? Announcing the effort to get another sister city for Tulsa. 
Yes, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Uh, this was kind of one of those uh, mayoral bucket list things for me. <laughs> I, when I came in as mayor, I knew we had eight sister cities. I've been active on it as a city councilor, but I knew it, it stood out to me that we did not have a sister city in Africa. And all the time that I've been mayor, I kept thinking, oh, we need to do that. We need to do that. And then in the last year, it's like, I only got so much time to get this done and visited with the team at Tulsa Global Alliance that manages our sister city program. And uh, th they brought forward the idea of Mwanza, Tanzania, which is uh, the second largest city in Tanzania. There are a ton of ties between Tulsa and Mwanza uh, because of uh, nonprofit work that's been done by a foundation started by a Tulsan, Chris Gates, uh, that does work there in Mwanza. And hundreds of Tulsans have gone to Mwanza over the years uh, to work at that nonprofit and to do volunteer work there. So it seemed like a really special opportunity uh, to establish that sister city. And the idea behind our sister city program uh, is that you establish a cultural exchange between everyday folks. So it's less about the political dynamic and it's more about people from that city coming to Tulsa and people from Tulsa going to that city and learning about those countries on a firsthand basis. And we've done this over the years uh, with our sister cities in Mexico, Germany, China, Japan, Taiwan, uh, and so many others. And it's been just a tremendous benefit for our community. And it's really important, I think, to, to be reminded when you hear about other countries that it's not just about whoever happens to be the leader of that country and what their politics are at the moment, but that there are people just like us in each of these countries who have similar aspirations to us uh, and want to build great lives in the communities where they live. And we can share those ideals together through this program. Okay. I don't <laughs> want to sound weird, but is this a courtship? Does Mwanza have to say, oh, yes, Tulsa, we'd like to be your sister city. How does this work? So I will be going uh, to Mwanza uh, in October uh, to meet with their local leadership. We'll be going with a delegation of Tulsans that will go to visit with the mayor of Mwanza uh, and local leaders there and hopefully uh, moving ahead on our sister city partnership. Very cool. Hmm. Uh, one last thing before you go. Last week, much was made in the media, including on this show, of the uh, discovery of 50 grave shafts at Oaklawn Cemetery and, and then what the archaeologists thought was a crate and then they dug further the next day and realized it was not a crate but it was two coffins in one grave. Uh, in describing these discoveries we even used the words possible breakthrough in the search for mass graves from 1921. Is it a possible breakthrough? Yes uh, and I think that the key thing for folks to understand is that our researchers are, dig we know, we have documentary evidence that there are 18 race massacre victims who were never identified, who are buried in that cemetery. Uh, we have the, the invoice from Tulsa County paying for quote unquote riot dead and their burial. Um, the challenge is finding them. And uh, so th there have been a lot of different theories over the years. Maybe you have a bunch of people in a crate. That is one story that has been told. Another, though, uh, and what Tulsa County paid for in 1921 were individual uh, coffins that, that the, the race massacre victims were buried in. And so the, the challenge for our researchers is that they are digging in an area of the cemetery 
where there are no records on where people are buried. And so every excavation that we have done to date has built upon what we've learned from the one before. And they have largely been, they've been able to each time and with each dig further map out what is in this cemetery and what's underground. And then they have some of the best uh, anthropologists and forensic anthropologists in the country uh, looking at these remains and trying to see, I mean, it's remarkable that they can tell potentially a hundred and, uh, you know, two years after the fact, whether or not these folks might have been murder victims in 1921 and then exhume their remains and be able to do further work uh, without being macabre. I mean, I can tell you that this isn't like the movies where there's like coffins and you open it up and look. I mean, these are remains that have been underground for over 100 years. Yeah. So it is really challenging work, uh, but you're correct. I mean, each one of these, it, it is a breakthrough, but the the challenge is that we have at least 18 people that we know that are in there that may be buried in individual coffins. And that's why I've said it's like it's not like finding a needle in a haystack. It's like finding a needle in a stack of needles. Does it concern uh, at you at all? Or do you think that the, the researchers <clears throat> got a little bit out ahead of themselves by saying that they thought maybe this was the crate and connecting it to the Clyde Eddy story of, of seeing a crate buried there? Well, the challenge for them is, I mean, they want to be transparent in the work that they're doing. Uh, and and we have uh, video recorded by Kevin Ross of Mr. Eddie standing basically on top of where they are excavating right now, saying that as a boy, uh, you know, decades before this video was made, he had seen people burying a crate of bodies in Oakland Cemetery in that general area. And so that has always been sort of, uh, the, the biggest goal was to find what Clyde Eddy was talking about, but we don't have any receipts for that. We yeah. do for the 18 individual burials. And so I, I know I was out there, saw the kind of the side of the, the crate that they had identified and it was a crate, but it was a crate so that, a a parent and a child were buried together mm -hmm. in this crate. It wasn't a crate with dozens of people, uh, inside of it. So, uh, you know that I think they are doing the best that they can again in a, a cemetery where we have the city did a terrible job of keeping records over the decades, and so they're having to dig through the ground and find what they can and then map it out as they go. Um, if you need uh, your favorite radio show to chronicle your um entourage's trip to Mwanza, Tanzania. I'm, I'm just saying we're available if, if you Great. need us. Okay. Yes, <laughs> All right. me too. Keep that in mind. <laughs> okay. Mayor, we'll Will talk do. to you next week. Bye. Thank you.